0: Hello and welcome to episode 57 of the Penatic Podcast on 5x5, a weekly show where we discuss pens, paper, and the analog tools that we love so dearly. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by a man who is sharper than a carpenter's pencil on a Monday morning, Mr. Brad Dowdy.
1: Oh man, that's perfect. How are you doing?
0: Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm very well, thank you.
1: Good. I also thought it was kind of kind of sexy how you said the Pen Attic podcast on Five by Five.
0: I I I like to slip that in now. It's a standard yeah. thing that that you know a bunch of. It's a thing. It's a brand. Yeah. Thing, you know. I it's like, to, I it like to say it, it. I'm proud of it too.
1: I am too. I, I thought that was pretty cool. I was. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if you've done that before, but I was like, oh, that sounds really good.
0: <laughs> it does, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It does.
1: It does. I've been uh been happy with the the Five by Five uh so far. So I'm sure you are too.
0: I'm going to mention again, right up the front of the show, if you want to find the links to anything that we talk about in today's show, if we say that's in the show notes, or if you want to find links to other stuff that we discuss in today's episode, you can find them at 5by5.tv penaddict 57. Very easy to come across.
1: Simple. All right, so we got a, uh, we got a pretty good uh, chunk of follow-up today. Some things I wanted to talk about, some new things you got, and uh, so I think uh, let's get to it, huh?
0: I think that's a great idea.
1: All right. So I I don't normally, you know, directly link to, and discuss every review post I do on the blog. I mean, you, you guys read the blog, you know what's out there, but sometimes I like to point out a few things and and talk about a few that I did just be, especially when they're interesting items like the uh Tomoe is the is the proper pronunciation. Oh. Michael Tomoe River tomoe. Paper review. I I hope people reach out to me.
0: Hmm, you I like Tomoe? Yeah, I think it sounds better.
1: I know. Just like just like Sino, Sino Signo. Yeah. All that stuff. But the Tomoe River paper review I did on the blog on Monday. I wanted to follow up with that because we had talked about it when we had Anna on um a few episodes ago. I think that was 54. Um talking about some fountain pen friendly paper and I I was really I can't stop thinking about this paper cuz it's just really a really neat paper and You know, I've got some pictures on the review. Um, One of the things I'm realizing now that I didn't do in the review is really try to show how thin this paper is. Like, my pictures don't show, like, the transparent aspect of the paper. Um, I'll I'll see if I can do a follow-up and and do some pictures. Just basically, like I I mentioned in the review, and we've talked about it before, it's like tracing paper. Um, I did the review my written review of the paper, the big um, image at the top of the article, I laid that piece of paper on top of um, one of my dome, my dome paper pads, like the full-size legal pad. That's how I was able to get my line so straight. I mean, it's it's really that transparent, where I can just see the lines underneath it, and you use just kind of it's just kind of like a grid line to to keep your line straight. So, I, I want to do some more uh, pictures of this to see if I can. I don't know. I guess paint a better picture of how thin this this paper really is, but um, I'm I'm not sure it would work well for you because it's a pretty wet paper. Um, it, it'd be something worth trying just to see, you know, if you maybe liked it. Um, it no one's figured out the portability really yet of it. It's it's super super fragile. Um, like I, I linked to a guy Jesse Aston who who's binding some of the paper into some journals, but. Um, this is really kind of a letter-writing paper right now. Until we can find some, uh, find some other uses for it, but um, I, I'm going to keep, uh, I'm going to keep an eye out for uh, other tomoe options, um, like in the the planners that I mentioned, the hobonichi planners that I mentioned in the article. So um, I think you will be seeing a lot more about this paper on my blog because I'm, uh, I'm pretty fascinated by it.
0: So I read your review today actually, mm. and I will never buy this paper.
1: Right, I, I I can imagine.
0: I can't imagine under any circumstance that being this being usable for me. Yep. Being a a left handed person, um, liking to write in fountain pens, mm-hmm. I just can't see how I could ever use it, Brad. Like it, it just it it kind of just looks like you're writing on glass. Mm-hmm. You know, it it just looks like. You, you 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 didn't have any pictures. I was wondering if you were going to. I mean, and it might have just been worthless. But any ink drying? No, in I didn't. But I did
1: link to uh, Aziza's article, and she had some dry time uh, images, and it, it's pretty lengthy. I mean, I di- I didn't bother just because it's pretty obvious. I mean, it it's really long. Yeah, that. And was, I mentioned that there's definitely a lot of downsides on this paper. Yeah. which I, you know, I, I made sure to, to, to list like the dry time is really lengthy. Um, you can't use the backside of the paper because it's, it's, it's really transparent. Um, and it, it's really a non-portable paper. It's most people that are using it right now are using it just for fountain pen testing and letter writing. So that's, that's been kind of the use, but it's, I, I need to send uh I keep telling, saying I'm going to send you a care package. I'm going to include someone just so you can try it. I mean, I know you, I don't think you, I would never recommend it for you. To, you know, it's not a daily use type of paper. Plus, it's it's very expensive.
0: But if you can um, get your hands on some, it's an experience, I guess. Yes,
1: it's an say. experience. That's a good way to put it. It's an experience type paper. Um, it's not something that, you know, I'd ever recommend to a college student you know, to take to their class. I mean, that would be just horrible. But it's so different. It It's worth Having that experience, um, if you think you might um, enjoy it even a little bit. So, anyway, I thought that was it was it was cool enough to to bring it back up again. Now that I've got the the review up, and I link to a bunch of other uh, places where you can go read some more about it, just because um, you you'll be hearing about it uh, from me again down the line. So, I just wanted to mention that because it's uh, it's pretty cool. I'm, I really like it a lot. Um, I'm not going to use it regularly, but um, it, it's fun to play around with.
0: I'm pleased that you did because it's an interesting follow-up to that discussion with Anna.
1: Yeah, I was actually—I need. I want to see how many sheets I have. I'd like to get her some too and get her her opinion on it because I think she would probably like it. Although she is left-handed as well, I'm not sure how bad she drags her hand. Um, you know, we still uh, we still got to work on that episode. The next time we have her on, we'll do. We got to do the lefty-righty thing. So, I just I just remembered about that.
0: I agree. I want. I want to. I want to do that. That'd be really, really fun for me. Actually, that'd be a nice, interesting discussion that I think we've been wanting to have for a while. So yeah, I think so. So um, a little bit of follow up from me from last week. So um, I, I ordered in the the. Well, I received in the the Colt Pens order that I made with all of the refills, and I decided on my two favourites um, for the Render K. So these are Parker style refills. Um, I ended up going with the Schmidt 9000 M Easy Flow Pen Refill. as a ballpoint. And the Schneider Express 735 r- Refill in Broad, um, which is a... What type of... Is this also a Yes, yeah, it's also a ballpoint, I believe. Yes, it is. Yes. So where ballpoints are not necessarily my type of uh refill. I, I much prefer rollerballs to ballpoints. Um they they felt really smooth and they were really consistent and the the lines that they gave were, were well uh, evenly distributed and they weren't skipping. So all in all I was pretty happy with what I got from them and I have yet been able to put them through their paces like in a big way, just because I keep forgetting to take my render cases out of the beautiful um, uh, pen, pen holder that Mister, <coughs> that the dude made for us. That's right. Um, but yeah, I, I'm planning to, to do that. And every day I kick myself, and we'll talk about that again in a second, for forgetting to take the render case out of the, the pen holder <laughs> and take one to work. Because I don't want to leave it there. I want to bring them home. I, I, I know. Mean, these are not ones that I want to, to keep out. Because I just they're just like little pieces of art.
1: That's right. Um, That's right. I, would, I am I am anxious to see how those those refills do for you.
0: So I will yes. So especially for that reason, Brad, I will make sure that I uh, um, get that done. Cool. Get a bit. But it might be in a, within a couple of weeks' time. I'll, I'll follow up on that. Um, one of the and sort of mentioning that, so um I also received, and I mentioned this last week as well, my uh Twisby with the Stub nib, the one point one Stub nib, the Twisby Mini. Received that from Colt Pens too.
1: I'm excited for you.
0: And in the same vein, up until today, I have forgot to take <laughs> <laughs> Oh no. So my usage of it so far has been uh, minimal. I've been playing around with it a lot at home, just writing in um, my uh, field notes, one of my field notes books, which the back of this field notes books is just loads of pen names and me writing hello over and over again, because that's what I do when I'm testing out a pen. Okay. I tend to write the word hello. I think a lot of people probably do this. Then I write the pen name or the refill name. I don't okay. it's just cuz it's the first thing that always will jump into my head. So yeah, I, I write
1: the I write the pen name usually and then I usually I write my name a lot. I think that's a theory like um a lot of people when you first hand them the pen, uh, I've read an article somewhere. I should have I should have saved it when you if you hand someone a pen, say here test this pen, what are they what's the first thing that they're going to write and a lot of time it's their name. Uh it was like a very very high percentage of um what it would be. So yeah, hello I don't think he- hello was on the radar.
0: I write hello a lot. Okay. That's oh, funny. I do actually write my name too. I'm flicking through this now, and I sign as well. But hello there, hello there, over and over and over again throughout this book.
1: Yeah, I write the pen and ink, the pen, pen and ink, and nib size, and like the, the pen specs, and then I write. Um, uh, yeah, my name seems to be the, the main thing. Then just kind of do some doodles. So let's 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 hear your thoughts on, on the pen. I'm 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 anxious. I'm uh, waiting with bated breath.
0: So let me talk about the design of the Twisby Mini because aside from it just being um, the, the, my first stub nib, it's also, I don't have a mini. I love it. I love it. It's great. Like, it's much smaller than I imagined it to be, um, but not so small that I can't use it without the cap posted. So it fits in my hand. I think it's it's a little bit larger than a Kawiko. Yes. So yeah. it's comfortable to hold. But the weight of the cap is also actually, I don't know what they've done because it's typically not something that I would do, but I have used it with the cap screwed on to the end, so posted.
1: Yeah, that's generally, I, I think I use mine most of the time with the cap posted because it do, they did allow for posting by adding threads um, to the... Um, to the end of the pen, so it posts securely. And you know, with the mini, with the mini pen, actually posting is is important, just to get the right feel and balance for the pen when you're writing. But although, like you said, it, it is possible to use this mini because it's not too too small, um, unposted.
0: Exactly, and but as you know, like it's even for smaller pens, it's weird for me to post, and I did it this time, so I've been happy with it. So. I don't think I was adequately prepared for the stub nib. Like, I feel like I knew what was going to happen, but when it happened, it surprised me. Hmm. Just the way that it writes is so different.
1: It's very different.
0: And I think that I like it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not, like... I'm not blown away. Like, I'm like, whoa, this is totally different. But I'm also not like, oh, my God, I wouldn't want to use this. Right. So... I don't really know what I was expecting. Um like if, you know, either way, I was just sort of excited to try it. Um I knew that it would be fun, which it is, but it's really interesting and I keep I keep finding myself drawing strange shapes because you can get like different line thickness. So I'm like playing around with like do I hold it like this? What sort of line does it draw? If I hold it like this, what sort of line does it draw? So I've been doing a lot of that because it's this is so interesting. So I mean, I feel like we've we've discussed stub nibs before, but so a stub nib is where it's more like a calligraphy pen. Um, and instead of on a fountain pen where it meets like a point at the end, it's flattened off. It's like sawn off at the end, right? That's probably a layman's way of describing it. Probably,
1: right, right, right. Yeah, it's like a squared off nib.
0: So what it does is it it lays two different types of lines depending on how you hold the pen. You know, if, if you... If you have it at an angle, it will draw a very thin line as you're just sort of using the top. But if you hold it at a different angle, so like the the line that you draw is is parallel with the... the, I don't know parallel is the right word, but with the flatness of the top of the nib, it will draw a much Mm -hmm. thicker line. Um, And, yeah, I I feel like... This is what I was kind of leading to before. I feel like I need to to use it more, Mm -hmm. but I'm happy to use it more. I'm excited to use it more. because it's a great pen um, and and, and that it's inter- it's a new interesting path for me. so I plan to to try and get some more use out of this.
1: Yeah, I think what I'd like to see from you and what I'm having difficulty as a right hander wrapping my head around so like when I use a stub nib as a right hander and with just a normal traditional grip, if I'm you know aiming the nib towards the paper that nib is probably at a 45-degree angle. Does that make sense? Yeah. To the to the page. So I feel like I'm in the proper writing position for a stub nib. Now, being a lefty, there's some give and take with the writing angle. You know, more of a – we've talked about it, and you'll have to remind me. I don't think you're a huge, like, overwriter, right? I mean, you have somewhat of a traditional – no, no. Writing style? Yeah, I'm just wondering how the, the nib is pointed at the paper when you're writing.
0: I think you're mixing me up with Anna, I think. Okay. Because I am, my, my hand goes over the top of the page, you know?
1: Okay. So you like have a hook? So, yeah. Okay.
0: Um, the way that I write with the stub nib, the, the nib is facing me. Right. And the, the flat part of the stub, so the wide part, is parallel with the bottom of the page of the paper. Okay. Does that make sense? Yes. So basically hold the pen in such a mm-hmm. way that the nib is pointing towards you and you mm-hmm. are looking down at the face of the nib. Right. Okay. I got it. So that's how I'm using it. And people at home with their fountain pens can follow along so that you can yeah. imagine then that I am writing with this, with the, the, the line at its thickest. Okay. Yep. Okay.
1: So you're like like the pin the pin's pointing at like twelve o'clock the barrel of the pin exactly the butt into the butt end of the pin yep mm-hmm. so whether the butt end of my pen is pointing at like four o'clock okay so just to give everyone a visual because that's that's the challenge I'm having because I, I I have my five eighty stub right now and I'm having I that's why I don't know if the stub nib is great for lefties or not because it's a different movement and I don't know. How well that translates oh, into man. that that different of a grip, but I mean, I think it's it's definitely doable. I think you just got to manage what um, how to how to use it and and just you know use it more, have more practice with it, kind of thing.
0: So I just obviously to to reverse it, I just held the pen um, with it aiming at like I don't know eight mm-hmm. eight o'clock, so mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Yeah, for me. That, yeah. So yeah. yeah. I imagine that'd be tough. So that's a, a, an insight into the way I write too. And now I hold pens I wasn't necessarily expecting to go down that line.
1: <laughs> hey, that's that's why the show is uh, that's why this show is good. We get into that minutia that you would think no one cares about, then we'll get five e- emails going, Oh my god, I do the same thing. I can't believe you talked about that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you remember a couple of weeks ago we had a, a new sponsor called Art Snacks? I do. They're not sponsoring again today, uh, but I did mention that I signed up and I have received my first box of supplies from them. Oh, cool. I want to make it very, very clear that they have not asked for this and I'm not doing it because they are a sponsor, or because they were a sponsor. It's because yesterday I received a few new drawing items, every single one of them, nothing I would have personally bought, but all cool stuff. So, I'm going to put a link in the show notes which will take you to their products page, and you will want to look for June two thousand and thirteen um as because it has the links to all of the items discussed um I would expect that anybody that did sign up and I hope that many of you did sign up um because it's pretty cool and you know to support the show um I I'm assuming because I'm in the UK I'm probably one of the last to get them, so this might not be a spoiler for people. But what so the, the I'll give you a quick rundown of the items I received. So I have the Zig Memory System brushables marker. So it's like a a marker pen with a brush on one end. And it's like it's got two two caps. And on the like so it's two different types of brush pen, um, like on each, but they've got slightly different um pigmented inks it's it's quite interesting like they've got good descriptions so one tip is a true color pigment and while the other tip is a pigment tint so it's the same color but slightly different tints which is quite cool I got that in blue so that's very different um well so I got I've got a pantone universe twin marker so this is like a marker/highlighter slash highlighter in a pantone color and I got orange which is awesome I got oh, that's cool. Pantone fifteen one two six three. So it's two different. So one is sort of a brush um, highlighter marker, and the other is more of a traditional uh, felt tip. So I, I kind of like that. That's pretty cool, especially in orange. So it's a really nice. Mar- I've got a couple of really nice sort of marker type um, pens there, which is always good to have. Actually, um, something I didn't know existed. Um, it's a Faber Castell um, Perfection Eraser. It's a pencil eraser, so it's a pencil, and instead of a nib, it has an eraser in the on the in the core.
1: So, like you sharpen it. So yeah, you, of, you like sharpen til- it.
0: Yep, in a traditional pencil sharpener, you sharpen it, and it allows you to get very preci- precision er- erasing.
1: Now that's pretty cool.
0: I thought that was quite kind of interesting.
1: Yeah, I hadn't seen that before either.
0: And I received a Forest Choice Carpenter pencil. It's my first Carpenter pencil, hence the Carpenter pencil reference at the top Oh, the great! And a uh, and a pencil sharpener that will allow me to sharpen the carpenter's pencil.
1: Oh, that's cool. That's 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 really good.
0: So, it, obviously, it sharpens it kind of strangely because you can imagine, like, it's hard to explain, but it's not really a point at the end, it's right? Kind of flat. But that's I guess you, you. I guess you could kind of then use the pencil sharpener to kind of sharpen that out. Like if you pull it up a little bit more, mm-hmm. use some pencil sharpener through, you know, like you would in school to make a really sharp right pencil point. But right. this is kind of cool because it's a universal sharpener. So it has like a circular hole and then a, a, a like a rectangular hole. So you can put in all types of pencils and sharpen them.
1: Yeah, so they got... um. So they made it so you can sharpen your eraser pencil and your carpenter pencil and exactly. gave you the pencil sharpener to do it. That's that's well thought out.
0: I thought that too. Because if I would have received a, a a carpenter's pencil, I'd have been like, what do I do with this now? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get a knife out to sharpen this thing.
1: Yeah. Well, that's what a real man would do. But I mean,
0: i are not, not a real man. I, I drink no, go, girly drinks after all. Yeah, that's clear. So that's all the stuff from Art Snacks. I was very happy with it actually. I have got a cool Art Snacks sticker too, and they put in a um, bubble gum, double bubble bubble gum too, all which right. is kind of cool. Um, and I'm really looking forward to it actually because what it, what it's doing for me, I guess, is opening up the types of things that I receive. It's not very expensive, and I've got some cool stuff here that I, I really like. All of it, and actually think I would use all of it, especially the highlighters, um, because I, I you know I do I do a lot of highlighting. Work, and this is a couple of really cool ways to do it. Um, and I don't think that the brushables pen is necessarily a highlighter, but I would use it as such. Right. Um, and I'm I'm really happy, and I'm I'm not I'm in mean, no hurry to to change my subscription. I'm looking forward to the next box.
1: Very cool. I thought th- that's some interesting products because. I mean there's not a single thing there that I have. I mean I have a I have a carpenter pencil, but I mean I don't have, you know, the the other the other products you have including the sharpener has um I don't know, kind of got my interest peaked that's uh that was a good that was a good product mix.
0: Yeah, I think so. That's why what, that's what's cool about it. One last thing, I have some terrible news.
1: Yeah, I saw I saw you add this in uh at the last minute and it this is this is in all caps and I was like, "Uh-oh, this isn't going to be good."
0: Okay, this is it. There's a letter from Parcel Force with a charge of twenty-three pounds and thirty-five pence. Customs, again, I can only assume that that is, of course, for the retro pens that I'm waiting for, including the surf. Ah. So that is another thirty-five dollars. Goodness gracious, alive! I'm so annoyed. <laughs> I'm really annoyed by it. That's it's, horrible. I already had to pay $20 in customs charges for the T-shirts, my 70 decibels T-shirts, and then I received the next day that. And, and it's just the, the cost, the, the additional cost that I've had to pay for, for this pen, like uh, I've effectively doubled the cost of the Retro 51 Surf Edition. Wow. I mean that's before shipping. So, yeah. all in all, this has cost me like nearly one hundred and fifty dollars. Oh my gosh,
1: that's that's horrible. I mean, I feel really bad for you because that's 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 brutal. I mean, that's really uh, that's a real negative uh, to to making you want to to make purchases like that.
0: I mean, that's a really huge annoying. downside. I I never would have bought it from. Um, I mean Art Brown's great and I've used them before but I wouldn't have bought it from them but Retro 51 had such a limited stock that they actually said they didn't send any to their UK distributors um, okay. so I wouldn't have got it and, and you know I probably still would have done it anyway but it's just so expensive it's such a frustration it, it really is and it's why I'm starting to use more UK based um, right. people for, for for more expensive orders Because it's, I'm paying more, but at least I know what I'm paying up front, rather than you know thinking I'm getting a good good deal, but it actually turns out that I'm not. It's just a real shame. It's just a shame, uh, and it's kind of frustrating because it's going to mean, I mean, I'm about to go on holiday. Um, I'm so I don't want to spend that money right now, you Mm -hmm. know, because that's, I don't know, a a dinner or whatever. Sure. Um, So it's probably going to be a few weeks before, before I get it, before I get the Retro Fifty One. So they'll hold it in customs for twenty days. So you know, I I might arrange it just after I get back. Wow, it's just really annoyed me.
1: (laughs) I know that's uh, that's really extreme at this point.
0: Because basically, to any new listeners of the show, um, I ordered a uh, a pen called the Pilot Vanishing Point. And they and it was like a hundred dollar pen or whatever was that how? I think that was how much I paid for it um by the time I'd factored in shipping and then a customs charge, um, I doubled the the value the price I paid for the pen,
1: yeah, that's brutal.
0: <sighs> dear, oh dear, I know episode fourteen vanished in customs. <laughs> So I'll, put, I'll put a link to that in the show notes in, in case people want to go back and hear more about my my rage at the customs yeah, that was, office. Yeah, that was a
1: frustrating experience because, I mean, that I remember that because we, we talked about it for a couple episodes before it, you were even able to spring it. Yep. Oh, that's brutal. I, I can't imagine. Oh, I'd no, really, uh, that
0: was actually uh, episode 14 was when I actually received it from customs. Yeah. So That's what I'm saying. I'll I
1: think well, I'm pretty sure we had talked about it like the week before, if not the two weeks before saying, you know, the, talking about the challenges with that.
0: Yep. So I'll actually put episode 13 into the show notes so people can hear about my fury. Because you, you've <laughs> actually written because it is still stuck in customs in capital letters in the show description showing how angry I must have been. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, shall, uh, shall we talk about our sponsor and then move into Believe It or Not a Topic? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We haven't had a topic for weeks.
1: I know. I've been, I've been holding this one out, and, uh, and uh, Mike, who uh, sent in the topic, is probably, oh, when are they going to get my answer?
0: When well, it's going to so, be.
1: Yeah. We'll talk about it because this is a good topic. I, lots of people have been asking about this. So, yeah. Uh, why don't you go ahead?
0: So I'd like to take a quick moment to thank our fantastic sponsors over at squarespace.com who give you everything that you need to make an amazing website. Squarespace is a fully hosted, completely managed environment for creating and maintaining a beautiful website, blog, or portfolio. I'm going to quickly tell you about some of the fantastic things that you get from Squarespace. You get beautiful themes. They're really clean. They let your content do all of the talking. And they look fantastic on any device as they automatically restructure with Responsive Web Design to maintain all of the beauty of your template and any of the customizations you make to your pages through building them with their page building system called Layout Engine, which allows you to create custom layouts for each of your pages in seconds. It's everything is totally taken care of in regards to hosting. You never have to worry about if people are linking to your blog or anything. It doesn't matter how much traffic is coming through. It's always going to be up, always going to be fast, because Squarespace look after all of that for you. They have great real-time analytics. If you want to sell things, they have Squarespace Commerce, which allows you to sell physical or digital goods in your existing Squarespace site. They have blog importers, 24-7 customer support. What I really want to tell you about today is if you want to see a couple of sites that are built on Squarespace that look totally different... You've got Brad's blog, penaddict.com, and mine, mikehurley.net. They are two sites that are built on Squarespace, on Squarespace 6. They are 100% different. They're using totally different themes. They have, in my opinion, really nice, clean designs. They look great on phones. They look great on computers, great on tablets. They have great fonts, great colors, and this is all built in. Everything that you see, me and Brad have built from, from point A to point Z. Um, using Squarespace's inbuilt tools. I haven't customised anything. You have not customised anything, have you, Brad?
1: Nope, not at all.
0: Because you can go in under the hood and if you know this sort of stuff, make some tweaks and stuff to to, to what you see. But me and Brad have both created all of our tools with Squarespace's great, fantastic. So we've created our sites with their fantastic tools. So go take a look at those and I'm sure that you're going to agree that you need to go and sign up for Squarespace. And you don't have to to sign up and pay them straight away because you can get a free trial. Just go to squarespace.com forward slash 70 decibels, that's 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S. You can start a free trial and find out more. Squarespace plans start at $10 a month. And if you use the code 70decibels6, that's 70-D-E-C-I-B-E-L-S-6, you will get 10% off your first order over at squarespace.com. Who give you everything you need to make an amazing website? Thank you to Squarespace for their support of the pen addict and of Five x Five. Great. So, what have we got, buddy?
1: We have got a topic about nib and tip sizes on pens. So let me um, let me read this email from Mike, and it's he's basically got a um, a couple of questions, and then I have uh, some some points to elaborate on. So let me. Let me read this out real quick. It says, can you give your thoughts on nib tip thickness? The current trend seems to be ultra-thin lines. I can think of three reasons. Practical concerns such as bleeding, fine detail, creation, etc. Secondly, aesthetic preference independent of those practical concerns. And three, bragging rights like, look at what this pen can do. What's your take? What thicknesses are better suited to which paper's tasks? Or is it all style and flair? Thanks. So in that, those, uh, those few sentences, this is about three episodes worth of topics. Sure. That, that's why we've been, that's why we've been pushing this off so long, because I think it'll, it'll take a long time. And actually, you know, we could even do a part one now and then a part two, you know, an, an another episode or the next episode or something like that. But so his, his, he wants some general thoughts around the, the current trend seem to be ultra thin lines. Um. I think it's popular. The ultra-thin lines have become popular because there was a real lack of options in the U.S. market for lines like that. So you see everyone talking about that because all of a sudden there's these options that are available around the world that are now becoming available in the U.S. And so it's a new product to a lot of people where in the past they've only been stuck with the 1.0 millimeter ballpoint and it was a miracle if they could find a .7 ballpoint or a gel pen you know if you wanted something really fine you could get a .5 millimeter ballpoint well now you're starting to be able to get .38 pretty regularly and things like that so it's kinda some newness to that trend Um, and, and a lot of people like that that writing style but I mean of course, the, the market for the larger tip sizes will never go away. Um, because of people far- like me. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, I, I say it all the time, that's why there's more than one pen, right? I mean, because we all have different needs and and enjoyment that we're looking for in the tools that we write with. And so, I mean, I guess it, it is a trend, but it only became that way because now people's eyes have been opened a little bit. To where um, you know they realize that there's other things on the market that might suit their needs better. So you know there's there's just been kind of a, a renaissance around those micro tip sizes, um, and they they do have some of the practical concerns um, like you're talking about, um, Mike the Mike the emailer, um, the fine detail creation. You know a lot of artists and designers and engineers have used these fine pins, you know for years and years and years and that's why when a when a product like the pen type a came about because these people were designers they enjoyed the pilot high-tech c line which you could get all the way down to a 0.25 millimeter um, gel ink pen they're using these in their design work but they weren't happy with the uh, the pen barrel that it came in because it felt kind of cheap and uncomfortable so that's why a uh, a project like the pen type A on Kickstarter became so successful because it was a designer creating a pen or around another pen that designers used. So that kind of thing. Um, aesthetics is why I like it, um, which was one of the other points in the email. I'm I like writing small, and you know for years all I could I would try to find the finest 0.5 millimeter gel ink pen that I could write with. And when I found one that I felt was smaller than the other, I would kind of hoard them, and that's the ones I would use. Now I have all these options out there, um, and that's why I like it. I think my handwriting um, is more aesthetically pleasing on the page the smaller I write. At least that works for me. You know, it's not something, it's not a situation where I'm having to give my work to someone else written. Um, it would probably, um, i probably get told to write larger or, or do something different. Um, But for me, it's about the aesthetics. Um, Bragging rights, I mean, that's maybe a little bit, but I don't think that's really pushing anything because most of us uh, pen people are introverts anyway, where it's not like we're running through the streets waving our pens in the air saying, look at what this pen can do. Um, So I don't think it's much bragging rights. You know, we really don't have um, anyone to brag about our pens for unless it's online or something like that. Um, you know, there's a, maybe a little bit of that, but I don't think it's really that that third topic. I really think, you know, either the, the practicali- practicality of it or the aesthetics of it or why people choose the different nib and tip, th- tip uh, thicknesses that they use. Um, as far as what's better suited to which papers and tasks, that's totally personal preference. Those are really impossible questions to answer. Um, because everyone's going to have uh, a diff- different needs and different things. You know, one thing that's going to work f- for Mike Hurley is not going to work for Brad Dowdy, and vice versa. Yep. So, I mean, that's uh, that's those are questions that I really get in emails saying, "All right, here is how I use pens and paper. Um, this is what my needs are, and what would be a good pen to fit those needs." Those are the kind of um, general things you need um to be able to answer a question like that. So that's um that's way too broad of a of a question to give uh to give a, a really good answer to. And, you know, he follows up, is it all all style and flair? I mean, I think that's, you know, kind of the same thing. It's just kind of um more relevant to the individual situation. So that's that's a really good email and I have a I have a bunch more to talk about on this. But I, did you have any comments on, on what I've said so far?
0: Um no it's kind of, you know, you're kind of following along with what I was saying. That's what I was thinking, you know, in that it's, for all of us, I think it's, it's it's uh, you know, you're saying that you feel that you write better, um, you know, your handwriting looks nicer. It's like a neatness thing. For me, it's more just I choose my nib size, but whatever I think perf- make is the most comfortable feeling, best performing pen. Typically for me, that has been larger nib sizes, just because the smoothness is is a is a big thing for me. So I I'm happy to use a thin, um, like you know a thinner nib if the smoothness remains, and that's sort of what I found with the Twisbees. Right. Because you know things like the high tech C I don't enjoy because it feels too scratchy for me. Absolutely. Um, where others say the exact opposite.
1: Right. Right. So let's get in. Let's get into a few of these 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 points I wanted to expand on, and then we we might, depending on how this is going and how rambly I get, we might save some of them for the next episode. If, is that okay by you?
0: Yes, because I think fine. I, that is I could fine, yeah. I could
1: really get um, I think I could really get to, <laughs> off kilter here because I, I have a lot to say. Um, just to just to help people understand why this question keeps coming up because there are so many differences. And so we'll just kind of start with the with the basics real quick um, that most people are familiar with, and that's ballpoint pins, rollerball pins, and gel pins. So let's talk about some of the differences in tip sizes in those guys and why you know a 0.5 millimeter ballpoint is going to be different than a 0.5 millimeter rollerball and a 0.5 millimeter gel. So the first thing you have to realize that the measurement of tip size is different than the measurement of line width on the paper. So that's one thing that's a lot of people new to pens kind of get confused about, that it doesn't necessarily mean that you're gonna have, If you buy a .5 millimeter pen, that's not necessarily the line that's gonna be down on the page. If you buy a .5 millimeter ballpoint, because of the way ballpoint ink is formulated, you're going to get an extraordinarily fine line on the page. The line width of a 0.5 millimeter ballpoint will be probably 0.3 to 0.4 millimeters. A 0.5 millimeter gel is going to be probably the most accurate to the actual measurement of the tip size. It'll be close to a 0.5 millimeter because of the properties of the ink. The gel is a more... It's the ink's not going to spread. Um, it's more true, true size, true writing ink. And then a 0.5 millimeter roller ball will be much wider than the size listed on the tip because of the liquid ink properties of that pen. Generally, spreads more on the page. It soaks into the page. It makes your lines look wider. So a 0.5 millimeter across these three types of pens. Is going to give you three wildly varying line widths. Um, and that's a lot of people, that's why you don't see ballpoint pins on the store shelf at 0.7 millimeters. Very, very rarely, because that line is finer than what most people would consider um, what they're looking for in a ballpoint pen. Ballpoint pins, that's why you see 1.0 millimeter. On the shelf a lot for ballpoint pens because it really writes about the line width of a 0.7 millimeter gel pen. So that's what a lot of people get confused about um, as far as those types of differences. Um, did that did that make sense? How I was explaining it. I'm not sure if I. Yeah, if no, I, what it does.
0: It is confusing, but that did it, make sense.
1: Okay. It's extraordinarily confusing. I get I get emails about this a lot and why things are marked one way and look a different way. You really have to take in the ink properties, make a difference on what the line width looks like. Um, one of the pens recently that fascinated me, um, that came out about a month ago, was the 0.38 millimeter Uniball jet stream, which is a ballpoint. A point it, since point three eight has been around in gel pens for years now, and we've all used them or tried them, or a lot of us have, and, and use that as a regular everyday writer, when you see a 0.38 ball point three eight ballpoint, it is so different than anything you've ever seen in a point three eight gel. It, it's hard to even explain. It writes about a point two millimeter line. I mean, I don't have a, you know, a, anything to measure, you know, the actual line with. I'm just doing it off of you know, just looking at it and just experience what these other lines look like. You know, I that's a pen I would rarely recommend to people, but for me, it was kind of uh, an awesome pen because it, it really stretched the boundaries of what the line width on the page do and it, it's on it and really I didn't think it was anything we'd ever see. I didn't think there was a need for a point three eight millimeter ballpoint, but it's turned out to be one of the uh the coolest and uh most fun pens I, I used you know, on a, on a regular basis, so... It
0: just sounds so insane to me. It is, like, I mean, it really me, is. That sounds, in, like, uh, I, I would never, ever want to use that. Like, I, I can't imagine ever wanting to use something that would produce such a incredibly, like, needlepoint line.
1: Yeah, and it, it's really a lot... You, it's really got to fit your writing style, too, you know, if you're a... um Script or cursive, write or something like that's probably not going to do very well. It's not going to keep up with the pace of your writing. Um, but if you're a, you know, you use a a print style, it 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 might work for you. But um, yeah, that's, you know, there's difference. There's a difference between pens that I love and pens that I would recommend people to use. Um, that's a pen I love. I would probably never recommend it to anyone unless they came to me with an email that was, ha- that was so specific and that really fit that specific need. Um, what about. I recommend to people is the 0.7 jet stream because that gives a really wonderful, wonderful line that's not as as bold as as what's normally available. Um, Another confusing point is drawing pens which I use a lot. And this this covers like anything from a Sharpie pen you know all your felt tip, plastic tip pens, Sharpie pens, secure secure pigment microns, um, Copic multi liners, um, you know every, everything. Fine, any fine liner type or art drawing pen. What they've done is seems like where you're, where you're looking at companies that make ballpoints, roller balls, and gel ink sizes. they all use the physical measurement of the tip, point three eight millimeter. What the drawing pins size, some will use like the millimeter measurement. Some will just give it a number, like in like in secure secure will say oh three. They're, the pin size will be oh three. Then you look on the barrel and it says point three five millimeter tip.
0: So so I have a Pigma Micro here, which is an O five, and it has mm-hmm. a point five millimeter line width. Okay. And I have a autographic liner, which doesn't tell me <laughs> it's, it's, it's on, the, a, on the
1: on the on the cap on the orange
0: oh it just says 05
1: yeah it says 05 yeah it, so it doesn't translate but um I'll, and i don't have the chart in front of me but there's actually a chart that you have to use for the Oto, so you know i think that's a point that's close to a point seven or point eight millimeter line it's very it's
0: wide right it's, it's like that's i wish that they could just standardize like i think that it would it would serve the pen industry better to try and standardize one what you're measuring and and two just displaying that clearly like if you're measuring line width or if we're going to measure the size of the nib um, and then just making sure that's consistent across everyone i think it would just be useful
1: yeah i mean i think they have to measure the size of the nib because the line width would vary depending on the paper so that wouldn't be a standardized measurement <laughs> Right. If I if I take a rollerball, point five rollerball and use it on copier paper, the my line is gonna be wider than if I used it on rodeo paper. True. So that's a whole nother that's a whole another topic. You know, paper is a consideration. Um it, when you're talking about line width. So what they're what they have standardized is we're gonna measure the size of the tip, at least in the metal tip pins like ballpoints, rollerballs, and gels. Those are all metal tip pins plastic tip pens they they've taken it to a, a confusing a more confusing level i think um anna when i was talking about it i think on twitter or something anna called it pen vanity sizing like um you know in clothing you know how how they'll adjust different companies will have different sizes you know like a size you know 36 you know men's pant or men's clothes is probably more consistent than than women's clothes but you know a, one size at one company is could be greatly different than another size at another company It's just like vanity that's a, sizing that's I think a really Stabil- good
0: um comparison to make I think
1: yeah that's why I, I wrote that down because I thought that was spot on because a company like I a company like Stabilo is the worst on you can't trust any measurement they give you on any pen that I've been able to find <laughs> um <laughs> no <laughs> It's it's bad. I mean they make these they make these claims like um you know the super fine micro tip, you know, every every marketing word to give you this ultra fine tip in a pen and then it writes a line like a point seven millimeter rollerball. It's it's kind of a joke. I've always had a if you go look at Stabilo um reviews on my blog, you can see it's a consistent problem with every pen I've ever reviewed from them. Um especially with with roller balls and gels and ballpoints. So um so I think I think that's probably a good stopping point for today because I want to get into we we need to cover fountain pens and that's that's a whole another huge topic that we need to elaborate on and we could go another 20 30 minutes just on that. Um so I think we're probably unless you have any other comments on this, I think let's save you know, fountain pen nibs because I've actually talked about that more than I have the, the ball, ballpoint rollerball gel ink tip sizes. Um, and we can, we can circle back around maybe in the next episode or down the line we'll talk about the fountain pen nib sizes because I have a few comments I need to make on that that I, I continue getting emails on. So just some more clarifications around that. Does that sound good?
0: Sounds perfect to me. All right. So you can catch up with us on social networks. Um, I am imike, I-M-Y-K-E, on app.net and Twitter. Brad is dowdy, D-O-W-D-Y, on app.net, and dowdyism, D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M, on Twitter. Brad also has a fantastic blog that you should be reading if for some insane reason you're not, and that is over at penaddict.com. Thank you very much for listening to episode 57 of the PenAddict podcast. Until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.